Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Today, we are going to be talking about from selfish to selfless. We're going from selfishness to selflessness. And let me tell you, all of us, all of us, the word is coming for today. The word is coming for today, right? Because we are living in a super selfish time. It's a super selfish time right now. Super selfish era. It's the selfie era. Do you know that people have fallen off cliffs? People have, things have happened. Why? Because they were trying to get the right angle for the right selfie, right? Trying to get the, they have like tripped, fallen, like what happened? You broke your nose? That selfie game was not that strong, right? Because we're living in a selfie era. Selfie, it's all about self-care. It's about self-care. You know, we got to take care of self. If you don't take care of you, nobody will. You know, there is a certain, you know, truth to that. But it's not supposed to be self-centeredness, right? Self-centeredness, self-interest, self-promotion, self-promotion, egocentric. Like it's all about me. It's all about my likes. It's all about my followers. It's all about, right? Or also in this generation, we've got victim mentality, offended generation. Like who offended you? Everybody offended me. I'm wearing my I'm offended badge. We're not allowed to offend you. Don't say that because that offends me. That offends you. Imagine, we will offend somebody all the time. The word offends. The word offends. Why? Because we're not always doing what the word says, right? But we're not going to be a product of our generation. We're not going to be a product of our generation timeline. But let's be a product of our salvation bloodline. A product of Jesus. A product of our Savior. Come on, a product of Jesus. You are not labeled by what has happened to you in the past. Take those labels off. You're not labeled by what's happened to you in the past. You know what you are labeled by? You are labeled by your creator. And you want to hear what your creator says about you? He puts a label on you that you are holy. You are set apart. You are loved. You are valued. Come on, you are blessed. You are highly favored. You are healed. You are an overcomer. You are delivered. You're forgiven. You're justified. You are strong. You're the light of the world. Put those labels on you. Come on. Get a shirt. Get a label maker. Whatever you need to do, put the post-it notes, the sticky notes, and put those labels on you and take off the labels that the world has put on you or that you've put on yourself, right? Or that your parents have put on you, not on purpose, just throwing things out there. Stuff happens. Labels are going out there. Teachers, your siblings, like the mean kids at school call you whatever they call you. Growing up, they called me beehive head. They called me uh, pop, I mean, they just called me because I had curly hair, you know, and curly hair wasn't popping back in the day. It's all about that straight hair. Then I was like, now when everybody's got these perms, yeah, okay, curly hair is back. Where's the beehive head now? Anyways, that humidity will get to you. That humidity will get to you. But you're the light of the world. Don't take on all those labels that the world puts on you. Put the labels of what the word says about you. Pastor Dan's message on Sunday was 
so good about belief system. And you know, when uh, I was growing up just a few years ago, it was all about confessions, 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 confessions. And we had confession cups. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. You know, like, to watch your words, watch your words. And yes, you do need to watch your words. But it's also about, uh, when I was thinking about when he said that, I was like, wow, it does make a difference when you believe your confession, when you believe that you are healed, when you believe that you are forgiven. Not just say it, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven. I am healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed, I am healed, I am healed. But there comes a point where you believe, I am healed. Doesn't matter what, it, it, what, is, what was that song? Even when I can't feel it, you're working. Even when I can't see it, you're working. Never stop. That's why I'm not on the worship team, but anyways, right? God's working. It is finished. You are healed. So it's not just your confession. It's your belief. And that's what happens with those labels. Those labels that people have put on you, it was just a word. But you grabbed it as a belief system. Yeah, you stupid. Yeah, you dumb. Yeah, you fat. Yeah, you ugly. Yeah, you're unforgiven. Yeah, you're too loud. You talk too much. You're too quiet. You're shy. You're like all these labels, right? All these things. But we need to put the labels of what the Word of God says on us, right? You're the light of the world. We are Jesus followers. And we look to Jesus as our example, right? We're not just Christians. We're Jesus followers. We look to Jesus as our example. Jesus is the greatest example of selflessness. Dude, the word is coming because selflessness, we are all selfish. All of us. Let me tell you how you know if you're selfish. Okay, ready? You're pouring a bowl of ice cream. One for you, one for your spouse, one for you, one for your sibling, one for you, one for your kids, whatever. How many of you are going to pick the bigger bowl? Facts, hands down. This has one little scoop more. That's mine. Yeah. And it's, you know that it takes a conscious decision to give somebody else the bigger taco, the one that has the more mashed potato or whatever it is. You're like, I'm giving this to you. Just so you know there was a little extra in there, I'm gifting you the extra. Because it's in us. It's in us. What? It's in, it's in us in nature. Come on, it's in our nature. You don't even have to teach toddlers. That's mine. Like, they're growing up in toddler class, and I know that they don't go to class where they say, ready, here, mine. Ready, take it, mine. They walk in there, they own nothing. That belongs to Jesus. It belongs to the church. They got a little kitchen, a little puzzle. Mine, mine. Sharing is caring. Come on. Sharing is caring, right? So we all got something to work on. We've all, we've all got something to work on. We need to work on being selfless. We need to work on being like Jesus, being Christ-like, having a humble, a teachable attitude, looking out for the best of others. And you know, when you start to do that, God's working out your stuff. When you forget about all the troubles you've got and you start looking to help out others, your troubles get in order. Your things start, miracles start happening, seriously. Jesus is the greatest example of selflessness, right? Even at the point of death on the cross, he was casting his cares to the Father, and he was also taking care of the needs of others. In Luke 23, 34, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Let me tell you, you're going to get sliced and diced, throw you on the cross and talk about, 
Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. No. Father, send lightning, angels, thunder, kill them, strike them dead. That's what I would say, but I'm not Jesus, thank God, right? Yes. And John, John 19, 26, when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own house. Jesus is out there looking out for his mom. Mom, you're going to be all right. It's going to be all right, mom. He's out there looking out for the disciples. He's out there saying, Father, forgive them. He's casting their, his cares to them, right? Jesus was not offended. So we shouldn't be either. We shouldn't be, every little thing shouldn't offend you, right? Every little thing that your spouse says, your siblings say, every little thing that somebody acknowledged you, didn't acknowledge you, every little thing shouldn't offend you. If everything is offending you, you're not looking to Jesus. You're not looking to Jesus. Look to Jesus, right? He was rejected. He was unjustly persecuted. But he wasn't a victim. He was a victor. We've got to choose. You've got to choose. We get the opportunity to choose, right? In the midst of being executed on the cross, he was taking care of his mom. He's taking care of others. He's taking his, casting his cares to the Father, right? Forgive those who wronged me. And focusing on the joy of the future set before him. We need to look to Jesus. We have a choice to make in the midst of the storm, in the midst of whatever is going on. We can forgive those who wronged us. We can also look to the joy of the future set before us, right? Hebrews 12:2. Looking away from all that would distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus. This is a decision. This is a choice. We have to look away from what distracts us. Everything, everything, uh, you know what distracts you, okay? We all get distracted by different things. I can see shoes in the window. I'm like, oh. I can see, I'm driving by, I see a car. I love cars. I just like that car and this car, and that's a new addition, and that's a new paint job, like those rims, and just like, oh. But, like, some people are like, huh, what? Shatay's like, I don't care. <laughs> like, did you see that new addition? And then Shatay finally says something about a car. It was like a Volkswagen. I'm like, uh, I don't really like that one. She's like, Really? Like every car that passes us, but this one you don't like. I'm like, it's a little too, you know, wagon feel for me. <laughs> but anyways, but whatever distracts you, look away from it. Look away from all that distracts us, focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, the first reason for our belief, and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him, endured the cross. The what? The joy. He had the joy. The joy. You want to know what the joy was? Not the cross. You. You were the joy set before him. You were the face set before him. You were his joy, right? For who the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame, disregarding and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Just consider and meditate on Jesus who endured from sinners such bitter hostility against himself. Consider it all in comparison with your trials. This will wake you up. Consider all that in consideration with you need a little money in the bank. 
Consider all that in consideration when you're having some trials in your marriage. Consider all that in consideration. We need to look to Jesus. We need to look to Jesus, right? Look to him. That he, what, what was set before him? Joy was set before him, right? So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. When we don't look to Jesus, when we just surround ourselves with the storm and we're consumed with ourself, we're consumed with what's happening to us, we're consumed with our bank account, we're consumed with our job, we're consumed with getting that grade, we're consumed with whatever it is, we're consumed, we're consumed, we lose heart. We lose heart, we get weary. Why? Because we're just being distracted by all this life's issues instead of looking to Jesus. Looking to Jesus, consider, reflect, meditate, think on Jesus. Think on Jesus. Look to him, right? Don't grow weary. Don't grow bitter. I don't care how long you've been in the storm. Don't grow bitter. Don't grow weary. Don't get resentful. Oh, don't get revenge. All you're thinking about, oh, oh, I'm going to get revenge. I know how I'm going to get back at them. You know you're playing out the argument. You already have the argument played out. Man, as soon as they get home, I know exactly what I'm going to say. I know exactly how it's going to play out. I am, <laughs> I wish I was that cool. I'm not that person. <laughs> I'm not that person. Anyways. It's not that I'm better than anybody else. I'm just like, if it's happening, you're going to know. I'm calling you. It's happening right now. It ain't happening later. We ain't going to talk about this later. All cards on the table. But anyways, don't be angry. <laughs> that's anger. Like resentment, bitterness, all that's like hoarding it up. Anger is like letting it out too. So don't be angry. Don't get jealous, right? Grow unwavering faith. That's what we need to do. Resilient perseverance, steadfast love for others, right? A loyal heart after God and his way of doing things. Don't get bitter. Get a loyal heart after God and his way of doing things, right? Enduring whatever comes. You can endure whatever comes because you already have the victory in Christ Jesus, right? Never a victim. Tell yourself, I am never a victim. I will never be a victim. Come on. You're not a victim. You're a victor in Christ Jesus. Consider, reflect, meditate. Think on Jesus. Think on Jesus. Think on your victory. It is finished, right? Paul said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. Ready for this? I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. We over here promoting self-promotion, selfie, you know, self, self, self. No, I'm self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through Jesus who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. It's not my self-sufficiency. It's, it's Christ's sufficiency that strengthens me, empowers me, encourages me, right? With inner peace, with confidence.
confidence that I'm going to get through this. God's going to see me through the other side. We're not around. we got to get through. We're going to go through the storm. And you know what? We're going to come out stronger. We're going to come out wiser. We're going to come out with miracles and testimonies and stories of God's goodness and his grace and his mercy is following us forever and ever in his favor. Everywhere that we go, right? Strength is not for status. Strength is for service. Strength, your strength is not for service. Your strength is not for status. It's for service. It's not all about you. That's great that you're so strong, but it's not about you. It's about serving others. It's about giving your life, laying it down for others. Paul said in Romans 15, 1 through 3, this is the message. Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what is most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status, right? Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? When's the last time you asked somebody, how can I help you? You know, just not at Chick-fil-A, not at, you know, the grocery store, but just like in, in here, a new person walks in, or just your parents, or just your spouse, or your siblings. How can I help you? I mean, when somebody says that, I don't even know what to do. I'm like, I have a lot for you to help. There's a lot of things we need to get done. Yes. Can I help you? But if I'm carrying something and somebody asks me, how can I help you? I'm like, if you take one thing, I'm dropping everything. Don't. <laughs> But any other time, yes. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm learning. I'm learning, right? Strength is for service, not status. How can I help you? That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's troubles. Oh, man, then people with troubles are coming. Let's go. No, people were flocking to him. He goes into the city, heals them all, right? He wasn't avoiding trouble. He's running right into trouble and saying he's got an answer for that trouble. He's got a healing. He's got a cure, right? That's how we should be. We should be uh, carriers of hope, carriers of healing, carriers of joy, so that when we walk into a place, that's what we give to others. We give out love. We give out grace. We give out mercy. We are an answer, not a problem. We are an answer. We're not trouble, right? Just like Jesus, right? But waited right in and helped out. I took on the troubles of the troubled, is the way the scripture puts it. Strength, it's for service, not status. It's not about your titles. It's not about the platform. It's not about being up here. It's about service. It's about being selfless and serving others, having a heart for people, right? Having a heart for people. We have to make the choice to grow from selfishness to selflessness. This is maturity. This takes a choice, right? It doesn't matter. When you're young, man, babies come out screaming, take care of me. They come out screaming, feed me. Babies come out screaming, change me, feed me, take care of me, look at me, watch out for me, make me laugh, make me happy. You know, that's, they're like, you are mine. That's what kids say. You're, you're in that baby stage, that infant stage. I see Melissa and Sergio, they're carrying the thing. I'm like, ooh, that stage, that stage, man. The days are long, but the years are short. 
You blink and they're teenagers. You're like, ah, what? The days are long, though. Those days are long, but the years are short. It goes by so fast. It's a season. It's a season where it's consuming, where they need you, right? We have that in us. But then there's a time to mature. There's a time to grow up. There's a time where you add to the family. There's a time where you contribute to the family. It's called go get a job. Yeah, that's right. Get a job. <laughs> it could be your chores. It could be whatever. But you contribute to the family. You don't take. We're always being addition, multiplication. And there's not division in this family. Come on, there's not subtraction in this family. But we add to the family. We all have a part to play. Play your part. Grow up. We have to make a choice, right? Laying aside self-interest and following Jesus. That choice is ours. Nobody can make that choice for you. You individually have to make that choice where you lay aside self-interest and you follow Jesus. Follow Jesus, his way of doing things, right? This is where you find true life worth living. In following Jesus, in actually laying down your life, in actually laying down your needs and your interests, right? You find life worth living in giving. You find it in giving and giving of your time, of your talents, of your treasures, sowing it into the house of God, and watch God multiply it right before your eyes, right? A selfish life is an unfulfilled life. You can be so selfish, and you know what? You're never satisfied, never content, and nothing is ever enough. The house isn't enough. Their kids aren't enough. I want more. There's not enough food. I want more. There's not enough jewelry. I want more. There's not enough clothes in the closet. I want more. There's not enough shoes. I want more. Right? And then when you get a house, I want a sofa. I want this and the refrigerator and this. Never content. Never satisfied. Why? Because it's just self. It's just selfish, selfishness. And if you want more and if you've got a vision board, I'm not trying to go. Go with your vision board and have more children, and do all that, like go for it, but not just for selfish ambition, not where that's your only focus, that's just an addition to your life, right, that new sofa is just an addition to your life, that new family member is an addition to your life, as long as you got a lot of addition in the bank account, come on, keep on adding, multiplying, no dividing, right, uh, this definition of selfish is concern excessively or exclusively for oneself. Seeking or concentrating on one's own advantage, your pleasure, your well-being without regard for others. I'm telling you, in that single life, that's what happens. It's so funny to hear uh, stories of newlyweds. Because you've been single for so long, they come home, and, and the, the husband said, oh, I ate on my way home. And the wife's like, what? You what? Let me tell you, that's the last time he did that. That's the last time he did that. And if he stopped on the way home, he called home and said, honey, you want anything? She said, yeah. <laughs> Bring me some too, right? But you, you have to change your life. It's no longer just you and Jesus. It's you, Jesus, and the addition to your family, right? The, whole life, the definition of selfless 
is having no concern for self, unselfish. No concern for self. Do you know how freeing it is when you're not concerned about yourself? It's a life that is so freeing. Who cares? You're not concerned about yourself. You're not consumed about yourself, right? It's just about it. what is what it is, right? I'm not saying don't be careless. Be selfless. Be selfless. Are we followers of Jesus or not? Come on. Do we look to him or not? We got to ask ourselves these questions in the midst of the storm, in the midst of situations in our life. Am I a follower of Jesus or not? Do I look to Jesus or not? Come on, let's dive into his word. What would Jesus do? What did Jesus do? Number one, Jesus prayed. He prayed and he cast all of his cares to the Father. Jesus prayed and he cast all of his cares to the Father. In Mark 14, 36, it says, and he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Jesus is there about to be crucified. Jesus is there, right? He's about to be executed. Jesus is there saying, Abba, Father, Daddy, Jesus. I mean, Father, not Jesus. He ain't crying out to himself. <laughs> He's crying out Jesus. And I love that it says, Abba. It's like, Papa, Daddy, all things are possible for you. Like, Jesus knows the Father. He knows he could do He could do it like that. Like, is there any way? Come on. Is there any way around this? Have any of us asked God the same? Is there any way around this situation? Is there any way around this relationship? Is there any way? Nah. <laughs> is there? No. What do we do? We pray. We pray. We pray to the Father, and we cast our care to him. Not our will, but your will be done. Not our will, but your will be done. Number two, he put the needs of others before himself. So Jesus is praying to the Father. He cast his care to the Father, and then he puts the needs of others before himself. In John 19, 26, when Jesus therefore saw his mother, that's the same scripture we just read. He said, woman, here's your son. Disciple, here's your mom. You better take care of her, right? Because he's looking out for the needs of others. Number three, he forgave those who wronged him. So Jesus, he's talking to the Father. He's praying. He casts his cares, right? He takes care of the needs of others, and then he forgives those who wronged him. He forgives those. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And number four, he focused on the joy set before him. He had to change his focus. He had to change his focus, and he set his focus on the joy set before him. Right? In Hebrews 12, 2 and 3, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, as, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, for consider Jesus who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. In your what? In your souls. Don't get weary in your soul. Don't get bitter in your soul. Don't get resentful and angry and jealous. 
look to Jesus. Look to Jesus, right? And grow unwavering resilience from selfishness to selflessness, right? That's a choice. That's a decision. Number one, pray. Pray to the Father. We look to Jesus. We follow his example. So what do we do in the midst of the situation, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the chaos, right? We pray to the Father, and we give him all of our cares. We say, Father, I put myself in this situation, and I need your help. I cast my care to you. I cast all of my anxiety, all of this pressure. In 1 Peter 5.17, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. We've got to do the same thing that Jesus did. We go to the Father. We cast our care to him. All that anxiety, all that stress, all that pressure. And you give it to him once and for all, knowing that he cares for you. You can rely on him. You can trust in him, right? Number two, Put the needs of others before yourself. When you're going through a situation, you've got things going on, look for somebody else that you can help, somebody else that you can encourage, somebody else that you can mentor, somebody else that you can pour into. And just that thought of you encouraging somebody else, it encourages you. It lifts you up, right? Number three, forgive yourself and others who have wronged you. Man, forgiveness starts with the Father, and you are forgiven. He forgives you. And once you realize that you're forgiven, you can finally forgive yourself. And once you finally forgive yourself, you can finally forgive others. Others who have wronged you, you don't need to be offended. You don't need to be resentful. Let it go. Let it go. Number four, focus on Jesus and his victory for your future. you got to keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Keep your eyes Focused on his word, right? And he already has the victory for your future. In Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself and set aside selfish interests and take up his cross. That means expressing a willingness to endure whatever comes. And follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living and, if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. For whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake will find it. That is life with me for all eternity. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world? He gains fame, he gains wealth, he gains success, she gains, he gains followers, right? But forfeits his soul, or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Do not sell your soul for whatever this world can offer, because it will never satisfy your soul. You will always be on the search, right? Choose selflessness over selfishness. This is a choice. This is a decision, right? Choose Jesus over this world and what this world has to offer, right? A selfish life 
it's never satisfied. It's never enough. It's never content. Paul said in Philippians 2, 1 through 11, this is the message. If you've gotten anything out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, do me this favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way. Don't push your, don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your advantage, right? Don't be obsessed with getting your hashtag, getting your handle, getting your name out there, getting your blog, getting your this, getting your career, getting your foot in the door, getting your name out there. Get, don't be obsessed, right? Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. Think of yourself the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling on to his advantages of the status, no matter what. Not at all. When it came time, when the time came, he set aside the privilege of deity and took on the status of a slave, becoming human. We got to look to Jesus. He didn't take advantage. He gave the advantage, right? He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life. And then he died a selfless and obedient death. And the worst kind of death, a crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God lifted him up and honored him far beyond anyone or anything ever. Right? So that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those long ago dead and buried, will bow and worship before Christ Jesus and call out praise to him is the master of all to the glorious honor of God the Father. Come on, somebody. We got to be like Jesus. We got to let go of self-ambition. We got to let it all go, self-interest. And we need to look to Jesus. If, if you've gotten anything out of following Jesus, let me tell you, I've got more than anything. I got everything out of following Jesus, right? If his love has made any difference in your life, his love has made all the difference in my life. If being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, it means everything to me. If you have a heart, come on. If you care, then do me this favor. Live a selfless, obedient life just like Jesus. A selfless, obedient life. Obedient to what? Obedient to the Word. Obedient to the life of Jesus, the example of, dream, of Jesus. Because strength is for service, not status. Doesn't, who cares about your Facebook status? Who cares about your career status? When all this is long and gone, it's how you served others. It's how you loved others. It's what you did for others is all that really matters. And others includes your own family. It includes everybody in your own household. Sometimes we serve everybody, and those who live with us are like, get away from me. <laughs> it includes those too. Serve, love, give. That's where you find life, right? So what do we need to do? We got to pray to the Father. 
casting all our cares on him. We put the needs of others before ourselves, right? We forgive ourselves and we forgive others who have wronged us. And we focus on Jesus and his victory for our future. And that's how we're going to live a selfless life. Not perfect. Not perfect at all. But we are looking to Jesus as our example. Right? Amen? Amen. Anybody receive something tonight? Anybody receive a little whooping? Like, oh, okay. We're going to share a little more ice cream. Share a little bit more bigger slice of the pizza. Whatever it is. Because we're going to be selfless. We're going to be just like Jesus. He's the greatest example of being selfless. He laid his life down for you. He laid his life down for me. And if you're in here tonight and you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I would love to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus. He has a great life for you, a great plan for you. All you've got to do is receive him. Call on the name of Jesus and you shall be saved. Let's say a prayer together. Everybody here and online, say, Jesus, I believe in you. I receive you in my life today. I ask you to save me and set me free. Thank you, Jesus, for this new life. I receive all that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. And just like that, you enter into the family of God. It's just the beginning. And we have a resource for you. If tonight you receive Jesus for the first time, we've got a booklet that has some information about your next step. You can raise your hand in the building, and our Dream Team ushers will get you that. And if you're online, click that I Receive Jesus button and connect with us, and we will get you the same resource. I love you guys. Have a great night. Amen, amen. See you guys Sunday. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.